Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. The whole music, it makes me want to crawl out of my skin. What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. Ketchup is from the devil. With Margaret Abels and Amy Wilson. Do not want to see your bloody nubs on Facebook ever. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas so you don't have to. I only get to be mad that it's me saying the same thing for the sixth time. Hey, everybody. Welcome to What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. This is Amy. And this is Margaret. And today we are talking about the small things that drive moms insane. Teeny tiny. (laughs) This episode will be 650 hours long, guys. So settle in. (laughs) Settle in. I am... came up with this topic one night while washing the dishes, Amy. And what's the extremely minor annoyance of motherhood that's involved with washing the dishes? It isn't just dishes, right? Like, is there a teeny tiny part of it that was driving you insane? Indeed, the inciting incident was ketchup. Oh, right. Yeah. I have always, throughout my entire life, had a wild aversion. This could have been a hot take as well, a wild aversion to ketchup. Yeah, we talked about mayonnaise in the hot takes, so now let's talk about ketchup. Yeah, like you, I don't mind mayonnaise, <laughs> but ketchup, so disgusting. I uh, developed an aversion to ketchup during pregnancy that never really went away. So you share my view that ketchup is from the devil. Yes, motherhood brought it out in me. And yes, the smell of this and the way the like car paint-like hardness to which it dries on a plate is really something special. Yeah, it's that in mac and cheese. Like, you've got to attack it right away or you've just got to throw the pan away. Like, those are your only two options. Yes. All right. So that moved you to go on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash whatfreshhellcast, and asked our listeners for their extremely minor annoyances of motherhood. And as usual, people came out of the woodwork. (laughs) Not surprisingly, people were like, oh, I've got some of those. And I do think it's the nature of motherhood that like there's just a tipping point where you tip from like a normal functional human being who you recognize in yourself to a screeching harpy of doom that is just like screaming shoes on the stairs belong upstairs at the top of your lungs like a maniac Mm -hmm. you know here's what drives me insane it's like the thing that i'm asking you to do is not a new thing it's the same thing like and the reason i'm mad is that 
It's the same thing I'm saying, and you don't get to be mad at me that I'm saying the same thing six times. I only get to be mad that it's me saying the same thing for the sixth time. Only I get to be mad about that. There's like the classic Facebook meme that's like, mom asks something, no one listens. Mom asks something, no one listens. Mom asks something, no one listens. Mom screams, why is mom always screaming? It's like, right. you kind of can't win this battle. Right. So this is a safe space where we're going to talk about these things with a complete understanding that everybody listening will be like, yes, that is, that's the worst. But they have to be... Teeny tiny things. So Ashley said that school fundraisers are her annoyance, and she got a lot of love for that in the Facebook page, and they are annoying for sure. But I feel like for the purposes of our discussion, not quite minor enough. Like we need things that are really tiny and still just absolutely infuriating. And I have one. Do you want to hear it? Yes, but I'll give you another example. Like laundry, not a minor annoyance. Like a constant no. Sisyphean task of despair, not a minor annoyance. Right. It's been established. All right. So hit me with a true minor annoyance. Stacy says, my name with a question mark at the end. Like mom, 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 mom. Hey, mom, mom. Yeah. <laughs> That's extremely annoying. <laughs> and it doesn't stop. My kids are 16, 15, and 12, and they still do that through the bathroom door. Still, like, privacy has become something that my children understand and crave for themselves. But when it's me on the other side of the bathroom door, <laughs> but it's mom, 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 mom. Not a mutual respect. It's funny. This is also great because I feel like in song and story throughout time, there is a refrain that is like, I long to be called mom someday. And you're like, wow, you're going to regret that longing. (laughs) You go from being like, if oh, I can't wait for the day where someone calls me mother. And then it's like, how about someone saying that 9,000 times an hour? Like the seagulls and finding Nemo. Like, mom, 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 mom. Mine, mine, mom, mom, mom. 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 Exactly. (laughs) And it never ends. So, yeah, that's one. Kayla says that her children's teeth and even more so other people's children's teeth are the thing that drives her insane. She says, please, for the love, I wish for all of my Facebook friends to not post pictures of their children's wiggly teeth, the empty nub spot of their tooth being gone or the tooth itself. Please, please, please. Oh, my gosh. Guys, I feel like. This is not a podcast. It's a movement and that we can help stop this. Like if everyone listening to this podcast right now, the thousands of you currently listening could just each be the change we want to see in the world and spread this message far and wide. Stop posting teeth stuff on Facebook. Yeah. Like baby teeth. I'm not sure why this ever got started. Well, because it's like, oh, losing a tooth, it's a developmental phase. It's so exciting. But like, I would agree that I do not want to see your bloody nubs on Facebook ever. Or scars or anything else. It amazes me the different sort of medical close-ups that you can yeah, unbidden when you open your browser are there. That's a great, like, <laughs> even non-parenting staff, people just being like, what is this? And it's like a disgusting bloody rash. And you're like, <laughs> I just saw on Facebook the other day, someone posted something. I assume it was one of those like pimple popping videos, but it was grayed out on Facebook and it was like, this content may be disturbing. So you can choose because, you know, on Facebook, it auto plays. I think we need that grayed out. This content may be disturbing box for people's children's teeth. I mean, they should be able to adjust that algorithm accordingly. Yeah, let's get rid of that. Oh, teeth. And Mark Zuckerberg can't like children that much. I mean, he just seems to me... A misanthrope. Yeah, we can do this, guys. He would be it. Even my own kid's teeth, like that point. What's funny is I was talking to one of my kid's teachers and one of my kids had one of those teeth that was like 
he would just play with it all day. It was like loose on a string for like six days. And she was like, it's grossing me out. Get that tooth out tonight. And I'm like, you're not wrong. I have a hard time with that, though. Are you a tooth puller? Like my husband's like a gleeful baby tooth puller. Me not so much. I have found with the help of like a good, you know, I love the environment. Not a huge fan, but like a good, thick, white paper towel. I put that between my fingers and I'm like, let me look at that real quick. And I just (laughs) grab it out as fast as I can. Twist and pull or just pull? I don't care. I grab it. Once they let me close enough to their mouth, I grab it and I'll stay hooked on for like three days, as long as it takes till that thing is gone. I am underexperienced in this realm because my kids have deep in some weird recessive gene in our family, their baby teeth like don't fall out unless a dentist pulls them out. Like they, they have baby teeth Ooh. forever. That's for another time. And we'll talk about that some other time. You're also reminding me I need to make dentist appointments. All right. That's on my list now. Poor Kayla's like, I can't listen to this podcast anymore. No, no, no. We have to move on because I'm totally grossing myself out. Okay. Sarah says clipping babies' nails. That's an extremely minor annoyance of motherhood. You just chew them, put them in your mouth and chew them off, guys. That's how I do it. I feel like I had to do this like twice when they were babies, but maybe it's my kids are too old now and I forget. Is this something you got to do like weekly? No, no, no. It's like when you've got a baby, when you're nursing it, put its finger in your mouth and chew off their nails. That's how I (laughs) go old. Talk about people always say I bring old school advice. That is like farmer's almanac 1850 style old school advice. But yeah, whenever you clip their nails, you like cut off parts of their fingers and it's just gross. And so, yeah, just chew them off. Allie says that clipping her children's nails is gross and constant. So she's saying, yes, it is constant. And she's talking about 12 year olds. She has to sit. I mean, I know Allie. Allie, what's going on, man? Come on. Why are we still clipping the 12 year olds toenails? She's sitting on her 12 year old. I feel you, Allie. I am not judging you at all because I have some children older than that. That it's like, okay, like you don't want me to do it anymore, but somebody's going to because. But you look like something out of a horror movie. You look like Nosferatu with the nails. That's an old deluxe alert. But back in my day, but I'm going to own it. It's like a hundred year old German vampire movie where he has really gross long nails when he comes out of the coffin. And like <laughs> sometimes my kids are at the dinner table like I can't let you go out in the world like that and no. have people like see those nails and judge me. Think that you're mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're going to be like she's raising Nosferatu, the second <laughs> coming of Nosferatu. <laughs> Is Justine's a minor annoyance? I'm not sure. Well, Putting dirty dishes into the sink instead of the dishwasher. Oh. I mean, that's a pretty major annoyance, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. That's the thing that I'm yelling about. The same thing that I'm yelling about. Like, this is easy. You get a zero for that. <laughs> that's my new favorite go-to on the podcast. You get a zero for that. I want to tell you guys, in <laughs> right? case you don't listen to every single episode, which you should, We were talking about marriage and Amy was complaining about something that her husband had done. Oh, it was that he loaded the dishwasher and then didn't turn it on. So I found so at breakfast, when you have a sink full of dirty dishes, you also have a dishwasher full of dirty dishes because it was very organically during telling this story. She just started kind of yelling. You get a zero for that. (laughs) And it just really summed up everything that I like about Amy and It's a phrase that comes to me all the time now. I just look around the entire world and I'm like, you get it. Like when I'm at the construction site and like the two flag people are supposed to be like guiding you through and like they're doing it wrong. I'm like, I just want to roll down my window and scream. You get a zero for that. But I do. I resist because I don't want to actually harass other people. But yes, you get a zero for that comes to my mind about 500 times a day. I am the mean old teacher. This is like handing in a test without your name on it. Like it doesn't. Yeah, I don't have any warm, fuzzy feelings. I want to say thank you for an unrun full 
dishwasher. And same thing with this, like the oatmeal pots. You know, right? You're right. They're not minor annoyances. These are major annoyances, but I'm going to complain about it anyway. Like the oatmeal bowl or the ketchup plate, like just rinse it off. Quick rinse. Yeah. But don't rinse it all over the sink. Rinse it. This is a minor annoyance. We've re- Guys, the podcast is over. We've set Amy off now. <laughs> We're going to be here for a while, guys. Just settle in. This is minor, but it's driving me crazy. When they do rinse the dish, okay, so like the seventh time I asked, they do rinse it off, but they just rinse the oatmeal or the soup bowl just sort of into all of the sink, the whole sink, instead of like... Right, then you've got dried oatmeal everywhere. And all over the sink, instead of just like into... like If you're going to rinse, rinse it down the drain. Don't just rinse it all over everything in the sink. And they're like, okay, that's too much. That's too specific. (laughs) I think Jennifer has a genuine minor annoyance. This is the strike zone. This is the genuine minor annoyance. Sand from the baseball mound on my kitchen floor. Yeah. I don't have kids who play baseball, but I do have kids who occasionally go to the beach. And the way that we somehow bring home 95% of the beach and it ends up like in my bed sheets. I don't understand because they get it on the floor. We have hardwood floors. They get it on the floor and then it gets on my feet while I walk around and then I get in bed and then I'm like in a sandy bed. (laughs) Yep. How does that happen? I have a corollary to this, which is the tiny little black specks of plastic that come from turf Fields. My soccer mom friends are going to hear me on this one. It's not sand, but they play on these fields that drain because they're made of some, I don't know what, some environment killing like tiny bits of plastic instead. And they, these black bits of plastic are all over my bathroom because my kid will come home and take a shower. They're all over my front hall. They're everywhere. They're a little bit bigger than sand, but they're still pretty annoying. But they're still annoying. <laughs> we have to, whenever we talk about annoyances address the mother of all annoyances, which I would say is fairly in the category of minor annoyance, although it isn't in the sub-major category of laundry, and that is odd socks. Okay, yep. I mean, is there a solution? Tiffany says, self-multiplying endless pit of odd socks to be sorted. (laughs) None of them spark joy, but I hold on to them in the unlikely event I find the matching one. Novelty (laughs) socks, day of the week socks, multicolored socks. I want to burn them all down. Tiffany, I'm doing the Hunger Games gesture to you right now because I see you and we are in the same tribe. I have made this a little bit better in my house when my kids were younger by just declaring bankruptcy and throwing out all the colorful socks and just getting like, you know, multi-packs of the same sock. So they were all the same sock. Well, we have literally talked about this on the podcast and I'm like, yes, that is what I'm going to do. But really, it just sets off an endless cycle of non-matching socks because I can't get to the point. I guess if I just threw out every single sock in the house. That's what I'm saying. And yet you start over. Mm -hmm. I don't. I mean, you have a girl, though, too. Like, don't. I mean, my girl has 7,000 whimsical socks. I don't. I haven't really. Yeah. Maybe I need to do it. I can't commit to the throwing away all of the socks. I have held the door. I'm Hodor with the weird socks. And that's not really true. As my kids get older, they want the stance socks with like... They deal with their own socks. Yeah. and But yeah, we trying to keep these socks... I have no problem throwing away a pile of socks. I won't keep them for a year. I'll keep them for two months and be like, okay, they're gone. They're not coming back. That and Tupperware. Uh, I need to maybe commit, but I also have the problem that I have three closely spaced kids. So the 
flip side nightmare is trying to decide which of the matching socks belong to which kit. Yep. And that's a nightmare too. I mean, I think that we're offering people false hope if we try to claim that there's a solution to the sock dilemma. No, there's not. I'm not saying solution. And really, we're really just here to say, like, it's terrible. Yes, it is. Yeah. No, you're right. It's the minor. Burn them down. Minor annoyance. (laughs) Okay. Let's finish strong with Kelly. Soaking wet bath toys. I am finally out of this phase. But do you remember the, like, bath toys that get the old water in them and then they squirt out, like, goo? Black Black stuff. stuff. Yeah. Black mold. Yes, yeah, they're like... Was that mold? I wasn't sure what that was. I'm like, this is a new solid has been created. I mean, I assume <laughs> so. What else could it be? It's a solid. You're creating like a complete science experiment in your bathtub. Once they squeezed out black stuff, I would throw them out. But yeah, what a mess. But if you have kids who are like, the only thing I care about is like Mr. Train Face in the bathtub. Mm-hmm. Could be a hard commitment to just throw him out because he suddenly starts spouting black stuff. Mm-hmm. And you have to have like the whimsical thing over the tub spout, right? It has to have like an alligator face on it or something. And then you've got like <laughs> this guy weird sponges. It gets better. I mean, <laughs> all I could say is like I no longer have to deal with like whimsy at tub time. Like um, my seven year old is really holding on to the bath idea, and I'm like, no, you're shower people now. Like, go take a shower by yourself. There's no more. I mean, the splashing, the water, the hell that is the tub. The one thing I will say for a tub is when you have like a two, four and five year old, as I did, that's an hour of your night done. If you just put them on the tub. Yeah. Batch sorting. (laughs) I don't care what happens. It's like you're all in it. And I could just sit on the toilet and half fall asleep like that was good. But the downsides are epic. And having kids who go up and take a shower by themselves is heaven. I have said that that is the greatest Rubicon of parenting, the day when you can say, go upstairs and take a shower and put your pajamas on and then come back downstairs and all of your children do that is the greatest day of your life. It's coming. A chorus of Hallelujah Sings. (laughs) All right, guys, we'll be back with even more minor annoyances. Margaret, I've got a go-to baby shower gift that I give whenever there's another newborn in my life. Can you guess what it is? Amy, three guesses. First two don't count. It's Pampers Swaddlers. Exactly. Pampers Swaddlers keep baby skin dry, happy, and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better than the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes are five times stronger, gripping mess more firmly, shall we say, and making diaper changes a breeze. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Margaret, I've been at the research again, looking into metabolic health and more importantly, metabolic flexibility, which turns out is the key to improved energy levels, better sleep, better fitness, all the things. And I found out about all this because we got a chance to try Lumen, the first handheld device that helps you manage your metabolic health. 
Lumen works when you breathe into it. If you do that first thing in the morning or after a workout, Lumen measures your metabolism by measuring the amount of carbon dioxide in your breath. It's science, people. That lets you see exactly what's going on in your body in real time. Then you use Lumen's app to get tailored guidance to improve your sleep, your nutrition, even stress management. If you're interested in figuring out the effects of different sorts of foods on your body, Lumen is a really cool way to see what's actually happening as your body burns different fuel sources. If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to lumen.me and use fresh to get $100 off your lumen. That is L-U-M-E-N dot M-E. Lumen.me and use the code fresh at checkout for $100 off. Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode. Okay, we're back and we have another bathroom annoyance. Jennifer says globs of toothpaste in the bathroom sink. This is right up there with the ketchup on the plates. Like it's. I love Jennifer, but I'm coming in back. Not a minor annoyance. Oh, major annoyance. Major annoyance. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) too, too major. I just did a question of the week about bathroom destroyers and like this lady's kids were peeing all over the place and there were globs of toothpaste. And I was like, I can solve everything for you except for the globs of toothpaste. Like I need a question of the week telling me how to deal with the globs of toothpaste. But basically I just let it be a free for all all week. And on Saturday morning, we all get a metal spatula and we go up and have a super fun toothpaste scraping party. And that's how we roll at my house. She says that in particular, it's like it's blue toothpaste. And that's my minor annoyance. Why is there blue toothpaste? Why does kids toothpaste have to have food coloring in it and be like neon pink and blue? Like it's gross. And I'm even more grossed out by a glob of blue toothpaste than I am by a nice neutral white. I can do you one better, Amy. I have three kids who all want a different kind of toothpaste. When this happened and how this came into being, I don't know, but it was like the mistake of my life allowing this. I didn't, it slipped by me. And now I have like one kid who uses like that Tom's natural strawberry toothpaste. Okay, I'll allow that. Yeah. No, it's awesome. When mixed with like the green goo, and then the, another one uses like some sort of bubble gummy toothpaste. Like gross. Yeah. It is the marriage of dried, different flavored goos. It's vomitous. We were talking about better than or better now a couple episodes ago, and I would say toothpaste was definitely better then because it was Colgate. It was like white toothpaste. The end. There was none of this like. I want bubble gum. I want Spider-Man kind with sparkles. Like, mm-mm, mm-mm. Lenai or Lenny, L-E-N-E-I. She has a great, perfect minor annoyance, which is bubbles. And she's not wrong. She says, I hate them and wish they didn't exist. But they're my kid's favorite pastime ever. They're the perfect catch-22. They're the perfect, like, there's another term for that. It's like a trap that you can't get out of because on the one hand, again, they eat up a significant amount of time, which when you have a toddler, your entire life is like, how can I eat up time? That's your only goal. It's like, I need to make time pass. <laughs> it's 4.30. Right. It's 4.30. <laughs> yes. We've got two to three hours to go and I'm done. I know I can put them in the bath for an hour, but before that, mm-hmm. I guess it's bubbles and bubbles are awful. Like how has bubble technology not gotten any better? And they keep improving bubble technology. They're like the bubble gum, the bubble wand, like all these different things. But it still just ends up with like goopy bubbles all over your body. And it's miserable. You need a bath to after the bubble bath to get rid of the stuff. Yeah, I'm talking about like wand bubbles, like bubbles, blowing bubbles in the backyard. Oh, 
Yeah, I'm not sure. She meant I was taking this to be bubble baths, which are also awful because then you have that like stuff all over your bathtub. Yeah, no, I think she's talking about like entertaining kids with bubbles, which yeah, again, and it's also one of those things like snow or many other things where you're like, this will be great. I'll invest an hour in getting everyone in a snowsuit, but then it will be hours of fun. And it's always like five minutes of fun and like an hour of work. Oh, my God. The bubbles eat in 90 seconds. Either one sibling will be crying that the other one popped the bubbles or they'll tip over and spill and then they'll be crying about that. That's how bubbles end. Melanie has the absolute perfect nexus of a true minor annoyance. And you're all going to know what I'm talking about when I say the plastic wrapper from Capri Sunstraws. Yes. They're literally like... They get everywhere. Like, I bet if you did a deep clean of my house right now, you would find like mm, approximately 20 straw wrappers. They never make it to the trash. Why would you throw that away? It's too little to walk to the trash. So I'll just leave it here. I mean, I have really entered a phase now that my kids are 11. My 11 year old's better. Nine and seven. I literally watch them like open something and then like throwing a graduation cap in the air. They just toss it in the air with like a gleeful joy. Like, and a whither you will. Yes. (laughs) It's like a celebratory gesture. And I just start screaming and I startle them. Like, what are you doing? It's like blowing dandelion, like puffy stuff off into the world. Yes. Like another great day being me as I toss this annoying wrapper into the air. Like, why do they need to be wrapped? That's another whole question. Like, hello, like kids have germs, like making sure the straw is, you know, vacuum sealed until the second they put it in their mouths is probably not something we needed to solve for. No, there needs to be a better way. Lindsay says buckling of car seats, not. Is it a minor annoyance, Amy? We know it's annoying. Oh, just the buckling. She's not like taking kids somewhere. You know, she's narrowed it down sufficiently well, I think. It's the buckling. She hates buckling them in. I hate when you like, you can't quite, like it's supposed to fit and it won't fit and you're late and you're like, and you know, it's going to snap when it's really there and it's not quite snapping. I will say in parallel to your shower joy, I feel the same way about buckling car seats like the first day that all three of my kids could just get in the car by themselves it was one of the greatest days of my life Amy yeah I mean that thing where you're like the minivan and you're like twisting your body in like a yoga bend to try to like reach in the back and get the baby buckled I mean it's awful I had three in car seats at the same time. Me too. Well, I mean, everybody does now, right? Because your kids are supposed to stay in car seats and boosters and whatever till they're like 20. But the minivan is what really enables the wonder of like, you get in the driver's seat and open the side doors, like get in everybody, they get in, buckle your car seats and, and they do. And then you close the doors without having to walk around the other side of the car. That's a good day. And that's why I'm here to say minivans are wonderful and I don't care if they're cool or not. Oh, I will die on that hill. People who are like, I'm too cool for a minivan. I'm like, I will never understand you. We live on the opposite side of an uncrossable divide. (laughs) You must like buckling car seats and walking around cars several times. Oh, speaking of doors, Amy Grace's minor annoyance is doors. Slamming doors, swinging on doors, playing with doors, hitting me with doors, hitting each other with doors, fingers smashed in doors. Enough, period, with period, the period, Doors, several exclamation points. She's right. Thanksgiving night, we had to go to an urgent care. We had to drive 
quite a while to find one that was open because my son had slammed the door on his little brother's hand, not on purpose, of course, but door slamming never ends well. I have done the exact same trip on the eve of a funeral that was very tragic that I had to travel to and I was packing up and instead of driving the night before and getting to kind of get into the space, I was at the urgent care with my daughter who had had her finger mm-hmm. slammed in a door. And I really, I mean, it's panicky. Like, it's a bad injury. You can really hurt yourself with a door. Yes, it's pretty visible. Don't put that on Facebook. I don't want to see your... No, but guys, don't put it. Kids door slam fingers. <laughs> Do not put it on Facebook. <laughs> Let's establish that now. Jennifer says, the dumping of any and all toys at all times of every day Hearing it makes me cringe. Seeing it makes me weep. This made me laugh because I can still hear like the sound of the Legos in the next room being like. (laughs) You will be like 80 years old and that sound will still send a shiver up your spine. Like the entire bin. (laughs) Like the entire bin. And I have to say, I have three. My daughter is not as into them, but she's into like the dolls with a thousand parts. Mm -hmm. And you always think, I mean, the problem with motherhood is that you become convinced at some point in motherhood that decorative baskets are the solution to your problems. That like, if you can just go to the container store enough and get enough boxy or baskety type holders, you can live in a sane household. Is that aisle six? (laughs) And it's a false god, people. The decorative basket is a false god and you must reject it. Like, I now live in a house that has like 4,000 different forms of decorative container and my house is still a disaster area because, of course, that just means you pull out the container and dump it all over the floor. I love the idea that you go to Michael's and aisle six just says boxy and baskety type holders. Yeah. (laughs) You're like, I'll take them all. Because all the moms are in there like, I can solve this. Yeah. More holders just leads to more stuff. Amy has a great one, which is dress up week. Red ribbon week. I don't know that term, but I assume it's like we call it spirit week. No, me neither. Where it's not hard enough for us to get clothes on as it is, but now we have to dress up as a taco or whatever. Pain in the butt if you ask me. (laughs) And I do ask you, Amy, and I agree. I have your back. My kids, when they were in third grade, had to do colonial day, dress up day, which kind of sneaks up on you. We have that. It's rev day. Yeah, Revolutionary War Day. And when it's boys, it's easy. You just have them like put on knee socks and stuff their pants in it, and you're kind of all set and uh, repurpose a, a pirate vest from the dress up bin. But like my daughter for Colonial Day, yeah, it's fun, kind of, for the kids, <laughs> extremely stressful. Well, it's the kind of thing. This is why it's a minor annoyance. It's like, Motherhood, it's like you're already running a marathon every day, right? Like you've got a lot going on. It's hard. You're kind of working at your peak capacity. And all of these small things are like an ankle sprain. Like you don't need another problem. You're already working at your max. This week, we got a notice home like on a Monday that last Monday, I think it said your child needs a mason jar for a craft they're doing. Someone is taking time out of their day to come in and do a craft. And it's very nice. But my only part of this giant equation where someone has done all this work is to send my child in with a mason jar. But I didn't have any mason jars in the house. So it would have involved going to the store and buying like 
40 mason jars, which is the only way they sell mason jars. And I didn't really want to have. Right. Or ordering it from Amazon and then contributing to the boxes. And the- but you, there's no way to get a single mason jar. You know, it's like, wait, I don't. So finally, I mean, three days late, I was the mom getting the reminders that are like, we still don't have your mason jar. And I finally just pulled a jar of vodka sauce out of the cabinet and dumped it into a reusable container and then cleaned out the jar and sent it in. I was like, this is what I got, people. For some reason, it doesn't seem like a big deal, but getting a mason jar was just going to break my spirit. So I just had to improvise. This is where it's important for moms to have one another's back. So like on our school Facebook page just this week, a mom posted a picture of a dress she had bought for Colonial Day, right, for her daughter like two years before. She's like, getting rid of this, just found it in the closet. Who wants it? Colonial Day is in like four months, but believe me, you're going to want this. And first one to respond. When Colonial Day comes. Yeah. And it was like giving this to the highest bidder for zero, just go first. And I thought that is such a generous mom act right there to be like, you're going to really want this random thing in four months. You just don't know it yet. I just did the opposite with my daughter's first communion dress. We were like two years ago, maybe last year, a friend of mine posted first communion pictures and her daughter had this really beautiful dress on. And I was like, can I borrow that dress next year? And she's like, yep, you can. And now I've got a first community dress. <laughs> yeah. You got to like be on your game. It's like Christmas presents when you're older. It's like, if you see something good in August, just get it. There's, You'll be done. <laughs> got to play the long game, people. All right. We'll be right back with even more minor annoyances. Amy, you know me well enough to know that my daily power breakfast is... Toast with peanut butter on top. Toast with peanut butter. It's also, by the way, one of my favorite power breakfasts. We agree on that thing. We were recently together and we shared some toast with peanut butter. And I'm going to tell you, we used Hero Bread. It adds even more protein and fiber to that combo without adding any more sugar. Hero Bread has remade the carby, empty calorie bread products into versions that include no net carbs, zero gram sugar, and fewer calories, plus more protein and fiber while still being super fluffy and delicious. I was not sure that that particular combination was going to be possible, but Hero Bread has figured it out. Yeah, this is one I'm glad they let us try. It's like, it really tastes good. I've been trying to add more protein to my diet, and I would have thought that a hamburger rolls was not the place to do that, Amy. (laughs) But all of Hero Bread's products, from rolls to tortillas to croissants, we please, offer protein and fiber, zero to one grams of net carbs and zero grams of sugar. Start your Hero Bread bundle on their website and get 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code motherhood at checkout. I like this bread, people. It's H-E-R-O dot C-O and code motherhood for 10% off your order of Hero Bread. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness, and I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder. And I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better. 
Is parenting going too well at your house? Feeling too relaxed in your day-to-day existence? Are you going more than eight hours without shrieking a horror-fueled diatribe at your spouse? Sweetie, that was such a great day. Hey, would you grab me a glass of wine? Try minor annoyances. I can't find the wine anywhere. I thought you said it was in the fridge. Oh my God, it's on the second shelf! How can you not see it? Seriously, it's right in front of your face! With minor annoyances, your days will be entirely transformed in a matter of seconds. Who left a half-full mac and cheese pot in the sink? Oh my God, this might as well be hardened Elmer's glue. Guess I'll be cleaning this all morning. And if rageful venting at no one is not your style, never fear. Try a minor annoyance that brings on full bouts of tearful babbling. These socks in the laundry are clean. I mean, look at them. They're still paired up. What more do you need to see to know that these don't belong in the dirty clothes? For the love of all that's holy, people. With minor annoyances, you'll be transported to a world of endless mumbling to yourself about why things have to be so minorly, yet consistently irritating. Oh, sure. We'd love to participate in Spirit Week for the preschool because my kid just happens to have a full outfit of 70s clothes for Wednesday. And then we'd just love to come up with some sort of wacky hair for Thursday because it's not like we have anything else to do. I mean, sure. Major annoyances are annoying. They're changing the way driver's licenses work, so you'll have to get a new one at the DMV this month if you want to fly home at Christmas. But try minor annoyances. Okay, sweetie. You really want ketchup on your eggs? That's completely vomit-inducing, but if it makes you stop crying, I guess we can give it a try. Because they're part of your life now, too, Mom. I'm in the shower. Can you just give me a minute, and then I will get you another juice box. No, you need it while I still have shampoo in my eyes? Oh, that is just fantastic, honey. Okay, but get out of the way. No, I can't open the door. I I am dripping water. Let me just get a towel. Can you just... Okay, so we're back, and I want to... My sister Molly sent this one in, and I think this is exactly like... Oh, yes, you're right. I hate this so much. Molly says, when I hold up a jacket or coat for my child so he can put his arm in the sleeve and he spins his body to stick the other wrong arm in the sleeve, this drives me bonkers. You're just beginning coat weather, and I honestly don't know if I can take it for five more months. <laughs> exactly what she means. And this is exactly, no. this is strike zone again for the minor annoyance. And this is why people think moms, and I think in general women are crazy, because we talk a lot about invisible work, and it's like... Why would it be annoying that your kid is having trouble getting a coat on? It's because it's the 87,000th thing you've had to do. That's what's what makes it crazy making. You have to put a coat on every morning, and every morning I hold it up, and every morning you spin around the wrong way, and I say, no, just put it in this arm, and then you start over the next day. Somebody had a funny suggestion about this on Facebook that was like, put it on the ground and have the kid lie down and get into it. You know, it's like, well, you put it on the ground and you flip it over your head. Yeah, and she's like, but we're like in a parking lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. You can't, again, we're not here to solve minor annoyances. These things are unsolvable. No. These are things we'll live with for the rest of our lives. We should have specified that. The unsolvable and extremely minor annoyances. Yeah, but these are all unsolvable. They wouldn't be minor annoyances. Yvonne says that repeating herself is a, I mean, again, is it minor? No, that's an extremely major annoyance of motherhood. 
Yeah, that's just an ongoing. Rachel has a great one, I think, which is a perfect minor annoyance. And I'm so glad she shares this because I feel like this is something I might not have said because I'm like, this might make me a monster. But she hates pushing swings. And let me tell you, girl, (laughs) same. I don't know. what I always hated that, too. Like, why does it stink so much? I don't know. Because it's so boring and repetitive. There's only one person in that equation having fun. Mm-hmm. It's the pushy. And there's also no end in sight. Like it isn't like in 99, 100. Yeah. No, it could go on for hours. Right. And like if you try to read your phone while you're doing it, it gets smacked in the face. Like there's no way to make it more palatable. There's no ending until like another kid comes over and glares. And even that, like your kid isn't going to notice that they're having like this wonderful moment. No, I would be like, that kid over there on the other side of the playground seems interested in this swing. Let's give him a turn. We need to have like timers on swings. Can we just get that established nationwide that it's like a countdown? Well, isn't there also like oldie timey baby swings? There used to be a crank and you would crank it up and it would swing itself. Like, can't we put those on modern swing sets? Because <laughs> yes. the thing is, no one likes pushing. No one does. So heaven knows the kid doesn't. So they're going to make you do it. Oh, I know. I used to try to pull that off. Like, push your brother. But yeah, why is it annoying? You're already sitting there being bored. Like, why not just push a swing? But it's horrible. Kate says that she can't handle sitting on hold. Like when you call the doctor to make an appointment or for me, when I call like CVS pharmacy and you get put on hold, the hold music, like it makes me want to crawl out of my skin. It's soul crushing. Yeah, it's soul crushing. It's the worst. I don't understand why they have to have that like crackly music. There should be no music when you're on hold. Like, please just allow me to go about my day. Don't make me have to attend to this awful, like the United George Gershwin music, but it's only like eight seconds of it on loop. Right. But it's like you hate the thing, too. We have recently been on some conference calls and there's a new conference call software that has like your pet peeve is like funny airline videos, (laughs) which is a great pet peeve. Like you're like, why does it have to be funny? Like, why does it have to be mimes? Like, just tell me, put your seatbelt on. And right. Your, your seat is a cushion. Quickly and efficiently. Yes. Your seat floats if you crash. Like, spoiler alert, you're not going to need that, but just in case. And that's your, like, your bet noir. But we've recently been on several conference calls where there is conference called Hold Music that is a parody song about how annoying Hold Music is. <laughs> and it's yes. like, why would you do this? Why would you make something terrible and make it? 10 times worse. Annoying on purpose. By trying to eject comedy into it. (laughs) Can we just sit in silence until somebody's ready to talk to me so I can do literally anything else than plan murder? Yeah, I don't even mind the one that's occasionally like, like just to tell you you're still on hold. That's fine. I'm fine with that. But yeah, let me sit in silence. Um, Leah says this drives her nuts when her preschooler climbs into her bed in the middle of the night. And instead of sweet, dreamy snuggles, it's just toenails digging into my legs. (laughs) I let my kids sleep with me when my husband travels for work. And it is one of those things where you're like, it starts with like, you just are lying down and cuddling and getting to really chat with one kid. And it's so magical. And the second you fall asleep, it's like, I have one son who's like, he must be part like groundhog. He's like constantly trying to burrow under the small of my back while he's sleeping. Like it's a cave for warmth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sleeping with children. Horrible. Don't (laughs) recommend it. Jenny Lynn says empty boxes back in the pantry cupboards. It's a classic, but it is a good minor annoyance. It looks like we have all this food, but totes joking. Each box has an inconsequential amount of food in it, which by definition of my children makes the box not empty thereby making the last person to use it not actually have to throw it away because it's not empty. Yeah, but it's still your fault when there's no more fresh of mini wheats, mom. 
Yeah. <laughs> when you go to get the frosted mini weights and there's only frosted crumbs in the bottom. <laughs> Why is there never a nice cereal left? Because you guys put empty boxes back. Right. Meg says that the constant necessity of handing out snacks is slowly driving her insane. Yeah. Just, you know, for little kids, right? Like the snack thing. It's just continuous service, like like a Parisian cafe. You're always open. You're always serving more snacks. Yeah. This is an ongoing problem and it never ends. And like the constant need for snacks. We've kind of given up on this, I have to say, like. My sister-in-law, who I try to model myself after, she was always so organized with like wherever you would go. It's like, here are the 80 different snacks. And I see moms that I was at pickup the other day. It was a really hot day. And one of the moms had a small cooler and had uh, ice pops as a snack. I was like, you are a person I will never be. Like you brought (laughs) ice pops for an after school snack in a small frozen cooler. But I have just completely given up on this. Like I always was like, I'm going to be that mom who has a snack for every occasion, but I have three kids. None of them like the same kind of snacks. And we just go and I'm just like, grab a hot dog from the vendor. I don't care. I can't be bothered. So Tasha says her extremely minor annoyance is having plenty of a thing. Noticing one day we seem to have none of it. Buying more then they all show up again. She says it applies to sippy cups, silverware, pants, jackets, etc. Umbrellas, right? I have no idea where they vanish to. I never seem to find them anywhere. They just reappear in the cupboard. This is so true. This is an amazing one because my husband and I, at any given time, can identify the one thing in the house that we have too much of. And it's like we will have, you know, each one of us goes to the store and we're like, oh, we can always use some mac and cheese. Then we end up with 45 boxes of mac and cheese. And then the flip side of this minor annoyance is that you start screaming, don't buy mac and cheese at the store. We have 45 boxes of mac and cheese. And then there comes the day where there's no mac and cheese and everyone's crying. Like, (laughs) because of course, at some point you actually use it up and then you're making like, I just did this with, at some point we had a cabinet that had to be completely devoted to jars of tomato sauce, like marinara sauce, like usable, like pasta sauce, you know? (laughs) This is the second time we've talked about pasta sauce in this episode. Jarred sauce. It's a central. Jarred sauce. Well, that's why I was able to give the jar in because we usually have. (laughs) So we had an extra. 75 jars of pasta sauce. And I was like, we can sacrifice one for it so that I don't have to buy mason jars. But then, of course, there comes the day where these 75 jars of pasta sauce and we finally commit to stop buying them. And then last week on like a Tuesday night, I was making lasagna, I'd browned all the meat, I'd mixed all the cheese, and I went to grab a jar of sauce, and of course we had none left. You had none, right. How does that happen? And I was like, this is hell. How do you go from like 20 jars to zero? And so then I'm making like the five o'clock trip to the grocery store to get pasta sauce, and I'm like screaming inside my mind that I hate the world. I've decided I'm going to be a grown-up, and I'm going to start making sure I have some of that stuff around, like just sort of like have like pasta, sauce, and a bunch of soup, you know, and like some frozen stuff. So, cause I have kids coming home at weird times of day and missing dinner because they had practice or whatever. And yeah, like the things that are and aren't in your cabinet. I have like four cookie butters from Trader Joe's because I love it. And every time I go, I'm like, Oh, we like cookie butter, but we have it. We have it forever. We have enough cookie butter for the rest of time. But yeah, the noodles, like no pasta. And you had enough for the neighborhood a day before. I don't know how this happens. Yeah. And then you're just in the position of like, I can't believe I'm going to the store right now. It's 530 (laughs) at night. Going to the grocery store is a major annoyance of motherhood. Another great thing that happens. And like, this is another like for you moms of young ones glimpse. Going to the store without your kids is the greatest thing that ever happens too. 
going to the store when you don't have to push the enormous like fire truck cart, right? Or like giant backhoe slash cart that you can barely fit around the corner is a great thing. Yeah. And you've got like, you look like, you know, those pictures of like people on motorcycles where there's 36 people on a motorcycle. Like that's how my cart always looked like (laughs) baby in the front, kid in the basket and another kid like hanging off the side and hanging off the side. Yeah. Oh, when I can just at 530 be like, don't murder each other for five minutes. I'm running to the store. It's wonderful. I'm glad that within this airing of grievances, we're also injecting optimism like there are sort of yeah there are moments of hope lints of sunlight through the clouds well it reminds me of like there's an entire industry that is television based now maybe more web-based i guess that is devoting a lot of resources for products that address the most minor annoyances of your life and i'm thinking of like the blanket with the arms in it and like the beginning of that ad snuggie it's called a snuggie They still make them. And it's like the beginning of the ad is always someone like doing this extremely operatic, hilarious version of how hard it is to like have a blanket on you while you watch TV. Like they're wrestling with it. We'll put one up on the site so that we'll put it up on Facebook because there's always someone like they're having like they're wrestling an alligator, it looks like, but they're just trying to keep a blanket on them while watching TV. And they're like, we have the solution. This blanket has arms. And it's like. I'm not sure it was that hard to just sit under a blanket. Like, did we need this problem solved? The Snuggie people need to make a coat that continues spinning so that whatever arm your child flips around to stick in the sleeve, the right sleeve presents itself. That would be useful. Yeah, there's got to be like something like a machine you could put the coat on and then it just attacks the child, you know, and like. Or the sleeves are somehow independent, and so it doesn't matter which arm goes in which sleeve. You can still zipper it. There you go. You've got a million-dollar idea. You've got at least a hundred-dollar idea right there. I'm not sure it's a million-dollar idea. Kate says that she hates when her toddler touches the straw in her water bottle. (laughs) That's funny. That doesn't bother me at all. That's one of those, like, I think you said one of yours is like that, right? Like, I have a son who will not stay in the room if the cat food is open. Like the cat hasn't finished her food. He can't be in the room like a grossed out by weird small things. I don't have a lot of those. I feel like Kate, you know, you've lost the war, but she's going to die on this hill. Like, But my water bottle straw is mine and you can't have it, toddler. I think she should be able to have that when she has to be sort of like climbed on and toenails in the night. You know, she should have her own water bottle straw, I guess. Well, I think it's that doesn't the toddler just touch it because toddlers touch everything? Toddlers touch everything. Yeah. The insides of their noses and then your water bottle straw. (laughs) Amy, we've touched on so many minor annoyances, but I think we should end strong with your hilarious minor annoyance, which is over optimistic recycling. Yes. This is a very Amy grievance and I love it because it involves me going into the recycling bin and picking back out the tinfoil with pizza cheese on it. The like greasy recycling container. Do you know there's actually a term for this? I thought it was over optimistic recycling. What is it? You came up with it, but there is in the recycling world a term for this, which is wish cycling. Oh, yes. Putting things in the recycling that you wish were recyclable, but are not. But are not. And that has been established by your loving mother and wife, who has in fact showed you articles that that say, <laughs> no, 
little yogurt container with yogurt still in it is like a number five and it doesn't get recycled anymore. And when you kind of half rinse it out all over the sink and then put it in the recycling still with some yogurt in it and I have to dig back through and take it back out. I hate you. I hate you. (laughs) I have to tell you that when I was in my very early 20s, right after I graduated from college, my friend Mindy and I had an apartment together and the landlady was constantly screaming at us about the recycling and we thought she was insane. We were like, what kind of life do you have to have to spend this much time thinking about recycling? And now I am the landlady and I'm like, (laughs) she was totally right. She had a point. That's exactly what she would do. She would like bring the recycling back up to our apartment and show us like half full yogurt containers and be like, you cannot put this in the recycling. And I definitely remember goofing on her and being like, she made a trip all the way up the stairs to show us a yogurt container. What a loser. And now I'm just going to say hashtag team landlady. I was wrong and you were right. Yeah. I don't know why this is a hill I have to die on. Cause I feel bad. I'm like now this whole bag of recycling can't be recycled. Like I can't live with that. No, you can't live with that. And that's my minor annoyance. You know, I feel like it's time to gather the um, family together for a PowerPoint presentation, Amy, on proper recycling techniques. I'm sure they'll respect it and love it. I might just have sort of like on hold. I'll do a funny song about wish cycling and I'll just like play it all the time. Use mimes. It always works. It's always hilarious. Amy, we solved this one. Solved it. Yes. We know all the minor annoyances now. And guys, this whole conversation was a result of our Facebook page. And we want you to come join us there at facebook.com forward slash what fresh hell cast. You just type that into your browser window and you will find us. And there's a page and a group. And the group is awesome because you can talk to each other in the group about your extremely minor annoyances and other things. And we love that conversation. You can also find us on Instagram at what fresh hell cast and on Twitter at WFH podcast. Guys, until next week, good luck with the sand in the bed. Good luck with the bubbles. Good luck with the globs of toothpaste. We salute you. We see you. We see you. Talk to you next time, guys. Bye-bye. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist, and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness. And I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder, and I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids, because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and 
I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. 